Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast, Milo Gorn, Season 3, debut episode. We're here with Max Gorn at uh, his East End Wine Bar in Campbell. I'm here with Campbell Flakemore. Thanks again to Matt for presenting the podcast. If you need any of some their fine kit now, summer's still still hanging around a little bit. Um, head to map.cc or in Vale Street, North Melbourne, you go to their retail store. Seems like the cycling season's finally kicked off again. It's kind of got that second burst of energy after the initial Australian summer. Uh, we had a little bit of little bit of time in the Middle East, but the Spring Classics kicked off last night, and we've also had a busy little period there in uh, Portugal and Spain with a couple of day uh, tours there. Max. Other news come out of this week. You're now the captain of the Melbourne Football Club. Yep. Congratulations. Nah, that's um, it's a pretty big privilege, isn't it, when you actually think about it. Mm. Um, obviously, uh, been vice-captain the last two years, leadership group the last four or five, so um, I don't think much really changes when you're, when you're skipper. You're just the guy who's going to cop it more out of the media prob- probably and... Um, when you're really down in the trenches, you're probably the guy that people will follow. And um, But I felt like that was similar to when I was vice with Jack and Nathan. And Jack and Nathan are now technically my vice as, as, as well. So would probably still work as a three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I get to captain a footy club. Um, haven't done that before. Um, I got pretty close at my local football club at under-14s, but just missed the vote um, to... Uh, this little forward pocket who everyone loves. He was no good at footy, but everyone <laughs> loved. Um, and he managed to get the captaincy. And he was a horrible speaker as well. Um, but since then, I uh, haven't been captain. So uh, it's going to be an interesting. Oh, I, I have actually, Jack's been injured a bit. So I've stepped in a couple of times and I've picked, got a pretty good record as well. So how does it work? Is it a player vote? Uh, it is. Um, it's been a player vote the last 10 years. But it changes every year. So sometimes it's vote for your 10, 10 players. Sometimes it's vote just one player and you've got to do it in front of all the boys. So will you stand up in yeah, front of stand the boys? Stand up, so your Max vote. is going to be yeah. Some, this time we just really? Yeah, so this time we just did three votes. You had to vote captain, vice-captain, deputy captain. So it was like a one, two, three. Yeah. And it was, and it was anonymous. Um, I don't think player vote has all the sway in it. I'm pretty sure the board and the CEO and the coaches would have some input. Well, I hope they would because um, it's a pretty important decision for the club. They're leading the club forward. and um, So, yeah, the player vote came out with me on top. Um, Jack wasn't too far behind, to be honest, and that's why it's pretty much a clear captain, vice-captain, two-man leadership group, which is the first time ever in football since the 90s that we've gone to two-man leadership groups. It's always seemed to be the more the merrier, which I kind of like. Um, I feel like when you're not in the leadership group and from my experiences, you sort of sit back and make the leaders lead. Mm -hmm. But now there's only two. You're sort of forcing everyone else to lead. Um, We're not knocking Brisbane. Like it's probably going to work having nine leaders. But when you're outside of... Half the squad. If I had nine leaders at my club, I'd sort of... I'd sit back almost if I was not a leader and... I I'm, feel like I'm so far away from being in that nine because I'm not even in the, in the nine. Like I must be ages away. So they, that's how I feel. But then also Brisbane had that last year as well, and they made it work for them. So um, I don't think I think there's plenty more ways to skin a cat than just leadership groups. But I do like it. What changes for you? I don't think much. Um, captain's armband. Imagine that. Imagine what I took on, why put on a captain's why armband. Yeah, why don't we have that in AFL? Like soccer, captain's armband. Yeah. Hockey, captain's Every time armband. you go to the bench, you have to give it to someone on the way off. Yeah. And I'd already locked in a couple of media opportunities this year, so I was already going to be everywhere anyway, which um, I'm not sure if people like, but I managed to find my way onto different sort of networks. and The big Stanley Street social yeah. podcast. Stanley Street social podcast is obviously my favourite to come on um, because I can do it at my East End wine bar although I do love the map headquarters in North Melbourne but geez it can take me four hours to get there sometimes so <laughs> East End I'm happy with um, no I don't think much changes I've got to work out 22 things to say now before 22 games of footy that can be a nerve wracking I've done that obviously three times when Jack's been injured it's a nerve wracking minute 
nerve-wracking two minutes leading up to that minute. Like, so you haven't prepared? You just well, don't you go sort off the of cuff? go through your head what you're going to say and then you get to the moment and then you forget everything you're going to say. So I feel like I'm going to, because we're trying to get more leaders into the football club, I'm going to throw it to a few people, get some young guys to get in there and say a joke or something. That'll be fun. That's what Richmond seem to do, don't they? You always see the camera zooming on them and then they're laughing before the game. Everyone's copying Richmond. One thing Richmond do is I have a footy trip every year that about 40 guys go to, so I'm going to be pushing that agenda <laughs> this year as well. <laughs> Does everyone... Do you have to nominate? Or if you don't want to be captain and you get voted in the captain, I imagine that's very unlikely, but do you have to put your hand up to say, yes, I'd like to be captain? Uh, we've only had people in the past who have said don't vote for me this year it's only happened maybe twice um i know tom mcdonald stepped down one year and just wanted the year off and made it pretty clear to everyone that he just wanted the year off and hasn't been voted in since so that year off's turned to four years but <laughs> um and i think i think everyone just presumed nathan wasn't a vote this year that he was going to get um so Everyone wants to be a leader. Everyone wants to lead the club forward. But it is a fair bit of like we already. I'm mean, a week in, and the amount of extra stuff I've done, like it's it's, it's pretty big if you're not ready for it. So, um, but everyone's quite smart if who they throw the votes out to. They know that people want to lead. Yeah. Who's the best lady you've ridden with? Uh, Mickey Shaw was pretty good. The the Swiss, the Swiss rider for BMC, and now he's with CCC. So he was a good, a good leader on the road. Um, Why? I think you just had everyone's respect, and I don't know. It seems to be a lot of the time in, not a lot of the time, but all the, the successful teams in sport, the leader's not necessarily the best player. Um, if you look at some of the, the best soccer teams of all time, Roy Keane for Manchester United, not the best player, but a good leader. Carlos Puyol for Barcelona. Just people that that just lead by example, not necessarily the best player. But what do you think about that? Do you have any leaders that you you look up to and want to be like or any views on that? There's just so many different ways to lead. Um, Darren Burgess, who's now our head sportsman, he, um, he was just at Liverpool and Arsenal and he spoke about Stephen Gerrard. He said, Stephen Gerrard did not say a word mid-week, mid, mid Monday to Friday, would be very quiet, very insular. And then game day, he was just played unbelievably, played exactly what the team wanted, was very vocal on the pitch. And then back to Monday, he'd be quiet again, wouldn't talk in team meetings. And he's one of the more successful captains going around. Oh, yeah. maybe not successful, but one of the more skilled leaders going around. Um, we've had seven, six captains since I've been to the club and they've all led in different ways. And um, I think the core one is the relationships you build with your people around. So obviously, Shah built relationships with his team and that's similar to what I want to try and do. And at the moment, I've got them because I got voted in. So I can only lose them. <laughs> I can only lose them now. So I've just got to sort of keep doing what I'm doing. I think that's why it's quite refreshing to have a captain um, that doesn't change. And I've seen lots of captains that have changed, lots of captains that haven't changed. So I think it's quite refreshing when you vote someone in. That's why you you get voted in because that's what they want. So um, the best leaders are the are the guys that just get it done game day. Really, they get it done in the race. Um, James McDonald, my first ever captain, just got it done game day. He was he was super at it. So Trent Cochran's doing that at the moment. Yeah. Um, taking a backward seat as well, defending Dusty's man, which is a pretty selfless captain. I don't think I'm good enough to defend Clay Oliver's man yet because Clay Oliver's man's a pretty skilled midfielder. I don't think I'll be able to do that. Um, I can help him out, but yeah. I'd, I'd love to sit down with like a Luke Hodge or a Trent Cochran or something like someone who's got that leadership aura about them and speak to them and ask them what they did. But I'm going to do it my way yeah. anyway. Yeah. It's only been a week now, a bit under a week since it was announced, but have you felt any difference in terms of you're the, you're the face man now. You're the are you the go-to for the media now. Not that you weren't before. Is it? <laughs> is you like? Yeah. Is is it, is there anything different, or really is it just all? We had a bit of a broken week last week. We had a lot of school clinics because um, we didn't have a game. We was in like two weeks between practice games. So last week was AFL requirements. We put them all in one week. We had our team photo. We had our family day. 
We had back-to-back clinics. I've been in rehab still with my knees. I haven't been training with the boys. So I haven't really done anything. Like I haven't really seen that. I haven't even done a group sort of talk yet. Um, I sent an email on the weekend to the group. That was my first sort of contact as captain. <laughs> Signed off as Skip. Um, and I presume leading into hopefully the game that I'll play this week, I can get a little bit more hands-on and start to see if it's any different. But at the moment, nah, nothing, nothing's really different. Mm. I guess cycling now. Yep. On to... You can relax now. You can, yeah... <sighs> Off the, the hard hitting <laughs> questions are done. Yeah. What? What? Actually, one more question. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's more. It's more around the media landscape in Melbourne because yeah. there is so much hype around this this sport in Melbourne. We're yeah. coming into the season. News. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves to get a taste of it. Everyone wants a an insight into different parts of it, and especially Melbourne and Max Gorn as the captain now. What is there? Something you favour? Something you like better? In terms of who's the way you're interviewed, the way you're dealing with them, the people you have to, the stuff you have to do versus the stuff you want to do. February is, but February is the worst month for it by a country mile because everyone wants footy because footy's about to start. EG practice games and state of origin was in the news. And you have to go out there because you have to compete with the other nine Melbourne clubs to try and get a bit of media out there. Uh, this isn't a player's point of view, it's a club's point of view. And it's all competitive and it's who can make the bigger comment. But if you make too big of a comment, then you're going backwards in a way. So it's a horrible month to be a, a representative for your club in the media because you can either be really boring, which I've tried to. I've tried to keep saying that we're, we're 17th, we're 17th, we're still 17th. We're working hard in pre-season. We're working hard. <laughs> Rather than try and build these outlandish goals like the club like the people at our club have done by our four-year plan which I like but from a player point of view we just got to literally February is the time where you're just batting down the hatches and no one's going to get in for a magic line because that's what they want so February is a horrible month what I like is radio I love radio I think you can be yourself on radio um I, I do some stuff with Nova I do some stuff with RSN which is completely different um, which is good. Nova don't want to talk about footy and RSN want to know literally the game plan. So it's like <laughs> polar opposites there. Um, the TV game is just a little bit more high stress and it's more about the production rather than what, they, what I've actually got to say. Um, so Melbourne media, it's hard to manage sometimes, Melbourne sort of landscape. But I don't think I could play for one of those clubs that aren't in there. Sort of taken away from it. You you'd like being in the thick of it. You'd have to start watching Fox Footy to get your footy dosage. Like I don't <laughs> like watching Fox Footy, so that's why I sort of sit back and not watch it. Although I am doing stuff for Fox. I love Fox Footy. Um, <laughs> Fox Footy's great. Tune into three sixty every third Tuesday. Um, Albie can edit that one out for you. <laughs> but like I, I get my footy dosage by being in the city. If you know what I mean. Yeah. It'd be pretty annoying if you were at Sydney or something and you had to literally go and search for your football get through the 24 pages of NRL yeah to you had to go search for it some players would like that though don't they didn't like there was all this talk of Joe Danaher wanting yeah. to move to Sydney to get out of the heat of it I guess it's just courses for courses some people would love yeah. it like you and some people would it depends would if you can yeah if you've got tactics in your life to be able to hide from it um, if you can work out if you've played a bad game I don't have a ritual where I search for Melbourne news so if I get a good game people you see them they get patted on the back they love it but they get a bad game they're still wanting that feedback well I don't need that from the city Melbourne so if you're able to come to grips with that that's where you're uh, more uh, well balanced probably person and player Joe's a great player but Joe's example is he is getting heckled from left right and centre to perform for Essendon but he can't get out on the park so that's where I mean, mental health is a massive thing in, Mel- in footy at the moment, but especially in Melbourne, it's just, if you can't get away from it, you just find it continually piling on and piling on. We've had examples at our club as well, Jesse Hogan, who's now at Frio, he just could not get away from the pressures of what Melbourne supporters wanted and found himself in, it's easy for me to just say, get off Twitter or get off the internet or stop watching footy, but when you, it's like an addiction, you want that craving and then the pile and then the pile was on and then 
um, the pressures and Jesse ended up wanting to go back home and now he's struggling back home probably because he's away from the city of Melbourne where he, he loved footy and now he's um, yeah so it's all it's all interesting I could talk about that for a, a long time and it probably is more in the last week or so because I've been looking at all my teammates and how they sort of handle stuff like that and there's going to be times throughout the year where Christian Petraka might have 10 of the best games you'll ever see which I'm presuming he's going to do because it looks like he's about to do that and then have one bad one but Christian in the past has been someone that loves the feedback so if he has the bad one is he going to spiral out of control or will that drive him to be more competitive probably longer than the answer than you wanted but um, it's a it's it's an interesting area and I think if you we've employed a couple full-time staff in this area I feel like if someone can nail it could get a get a position at a club well, we've got a mental health coach a mental skills coach but it's nothing really to to handle that I don't know what the answer is but we seem to be going okay at the moment because mm. cycling meter is uh, I think everyone puts themselves into that boring as little as you can say uh, zone except for a, a few that stand out Campbell I think that you can say that's funny you can still say nothing but with a bit of energy like if you chuck in a, a joke and then back it in with a serious line straight after that usually covers covers your ass like um, I'm not, is this PG or can I say ass I've yeah. said it twice now Say whatever you want. Say it for a third time. We'll just hold it there. Um, yeah, like there's the boring answer and people to get angry at media and that sort of goes the other way. We can have a bit of fun of it, but just make sure you don't push the line with... Like Jake, I love what Jake Stringer said the other day. He said something like, I'm borderline flying at the moment. Tell you <laughs> They're saying borderline flying. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you everyone feels in pre-season. I'm glad someone came out and said it. <laughs> You don't see anything like that in cycling, do you? Oh, mm. Conditions okay. Yeah. We'll see how we go. Yeah. I want to see someone come what out if and someone say, I said, am flying. Yeah. This finish suits me to an absolute <laughs> Like If I don't win this, like, yeah. that'd be great to see. And Sargon, we were talking about him before, Sargon's probably the one that would say it and probably does say it. Yeah. But not, there's not much else in cycling. But footy's the same. Footy, you guys would all agree, every 90% of footballers are boring as hell. Mm. Yeah. Um, I answered about 10 questions in one then. No, that was good. It was, good. It was a good little, good little piece there. Uh, I guess the ultimate pressure environment, the ultimate pressure cooker is the velodrome at Berlin at the moment where the World Championships are being held. The, the big indicator leading into uh, Tokyo Olympics, Tokyo Olympics with an asterisk depending <laughs> on the uh, coronavirus, but... Could be in an Antarctica, the only continent that hasn't hit yet. Where <laughs> <laughs> we go down? Is there a velodrome down there? <laughs> uh, I guess, I don't know. For me, I think for you and for most of the public, the team's pursuit is the, the, the big one. It's, a, it's an Olympic event. It's so much tech, so much effort, so much energy goes into it from, especially an Australian perspective, uh, that we're all eyes and ears and the uh, Danes took things to a whole nother level. Um, three world records. They just beat it, they just beat it, they just beat it. And they ended up winning the final at a time of 344.672, an average speed of 64.09 kilometres an hour from a standing start too. It's That's rid- out it's, of control. It's ridiculous, Alex. I can't get that downhill. 64. From a standing start yeah, as well. that's an average. Um, yeah, alarm bells going off in Adelaide, I think, at the Australian cycling team HQ. Mm. There was talk that 3.45 in Tokyo was going to be gold medal pace. Now we're, what, four months out. Danes have just gone 3.44. They had skin suits cut, big Danish Viking beards, a la Max Gorns, mm. and they just shredded it. 344. I don't think anyone ever thought there was going to be a time. But, but also, that two quick. years ago, people were saying, could we go sub 350? Yeah. It's gone sub 345. But not only did the Danes do that, um, New Zealand and Italy yeah. beat Australia as well. I know we didn't have Kel O'Brien, who's probably the strongest rider, or definitely at the Com Games, he was the strongest rider in the TP, but I don't think he adds four seconds to the group. He might add one or two, but I don't see him adding. Well, were they 348, were they? 
40. Yeah, I think yeah. we did a four, maybe a 47 well, that, in qualifying, but definitely mm. seconds off the pace. I couldn't even find that time because they got overlapped in the bronze medal write-off. <laughs> so, yeah, by the by the Italians with Big Ganner who just ripped a, another world record in the individual pursuit, four minutes and 1.9 seconds. Another one of these times that is just out of control. And 20 years ago, teams weren't doing that. I remember when Bobrich <laughs> rode his 4.10 and everyone was like, this is, yeah. this is it. That's it. No one's going faster. Yeah. They'll break four at Tokyo. Oh, well, so, so. Unfortunately, there's no, there's no IP at Tokyo. Tokyo. Oh, no. no. World Championship event. There, might, oh, there will be in the Omnium. Yeah. But no straight out. Um, but there's surfing. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so the, the yeah the, I guess the other news Campbell is the Aussies were off the pace off the mark on both fronts the men and the women the women sixth the men fourth a lot of funding has gone into that track program the last couple of years and Ooh. it would be very hard to see no good, return on that they got some good PR out of their new Argons <laughs> That was Beauty. probably the good news article to come out There's of. There's a lot of bitterness Berlin. coming from a couple of road cyclists <laughs> here in there. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we did get one medal, though. Men's team sprint. Yeah, team Sans sprint. Sans Yeah. So that's a positive. Um, but, yeah, the US women and the Danish men are looking like the, the groups to beat in. Like you said, Alex, probably the Blue Ribbon mm. event of the meet. The, the other point, Chloe Diget in the... IP for the women rode a 316.93 taking some more time off her world record and obviously played a very important role in uh, America winning the TP so then there was another story I saw circulating online that one of the Sutton bros was fired from Cycling Australia and now he's coaching the women's um, American team pursuit team and they're crushing it so (laughs) something in that too (laughs) (laughs) Mm. what would you do if you, if you were Simon Jones, head of the performance um, squad, or Tim Decker or Bartram in, in charge of these individual teams, how do you. That's probably pretty demoralising. Uh, like, you've done three years of work. Yeah, but let's not forget, it's not, about, it's not about world championships, it's about the Olympics. So, yep. it's probably fair to not judge this whole campaign until the end of Tokyo. Mm. So we've seen teams come out absolutely flying at world championships and then at the Olympics haven't been the same so it's all about the Olympics still got another four months until then so we we'll, get, we'll get off their back a little bit are we saying that they're, they're, they're talented enough as a team though so they should be hitting this sort of times before last week they were the best yeah like it's yeah then it's not like a train harder thing because you can't overtrain going into the world event the main event, sorry. So, and you've only got. I mean, out. I mean, from a football point of view, we'd we'd go away, we'd go away for a week and do a team bonding thing, or um, we don't have a week usually in footy, but you go away for a night, do a team. Is if if that's what it is, if it's uh, four guys aren't working well together, or because if they're highly skilled, highly talented, which they are, yeah, they're all. They should be around this Danish time. Mm. Yeah. Overtraining would just kill them. I know what they'd say to us. Like Dermy Barrett, and when we lost the game one day by 80 points, he said I'd send them for a 20k time trial the next day. <laughs> That's so 1980s, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think, and I can imagine, I'm not sure if Charlie Walsh is still involved in the track cycling, <laughs> but I can imagine that he's a 19, he would have gone, let's send him for a 100k yeah. pursuit. 40 hour weeks now, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not going to win the gold. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure they've got um, things in place to, to get where they need to be in Tokyo, so. Let's judge them after then. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be a very interesting campaign, though. Yeah. We finished the Australian summer. Then we're slowly getting back to Europe. We had the UAE tour um, in the middle. A little, bit of, a little bit of everything. A couple of uphill finishes, which were pretty much identical. And uh, three sprints. Meant to be five, but we only had three in the end. You and... Grunewagen and Ackerman all took one uh, before, unfortunately, the, the last two were cancelled due to the coronavirus. And from uh, the Twitter sphere, everyone's still stuck in UAE, unfortunately for them. They're in lockdown. They're in lockdown. 
That's not good. That's <laughs> no, <it's> <laughs> not where you want to be locked down. I'm sure it'll be a nice hotel. Uh. But the racing, Alex, was... Um, the racing. Ackerman, I guess, won the first of the bunch. The bunch kicks. Mm. Uh, he... See, oh, I don't know. Ackerman, he's... Now with, I, Sam, I, now with Sam Bennett gone, he steps up a little bit. There's still Sargon there, but I think he's going to get a few more opportunities to be mm. the marquee sprinter. Is Sargon an out-and-out sprinter? Probably not, but I think, I think Ackerman it, is. It's going to be one of those seasons, I reckon, where like the, the, the Grand Tours this year, there'll be 10 sprint wins from 10 different riders. How good is sprinting? Like yeah. The, yeah. the crop of riders that are right now um, is it's unbelievable. And especially like even with this is a little sample example of what, yeah. what is to come, like three different riders winning the three stages. It's, yeah. it's good. And there's plenty more of that. Caleb Ewan won his uh, traditional uphill bunch kick and I guess he'll lock he that. Had a, lock. He had a, yeah, he had a good Australian summer. Yeah, Caleb. yeah I think so. He, be um, interesting to see what he does now. He has to sort of lay low for a little bit, I'd say. He was pretty... He seemed really relaxed when we caught up. Like... Maybe last year he was a little bit of pressure with a new team. You want to impress early, but now I guess when you win three stages of the tour, you can kind of have a little bit of a slower start to the year because you yep. know, well, I can perform when I need to in July. So he seemed. We, we did a podcast with him after Tour Down Under. He seemed very comfortable. Yep. Just speaking what he thought. Very. He was just. I don't know. He just seemed like a happy camper. Seems very little stressed on the bike. The down under stages that I watched, his team was nowhere near him sometimes, and he had to just duck and weave and still yeah. get his way through. I guess the one thing that is that we'll, I will find interesting. So he won that up that uphill. He won an uphill sprint against Sam Bennett, which he's going to torch all those other guys. Maybe not Sargon, um, hands down all year. Like no matter what, because it's like it, it's not positions are important, but it's not the be all and end all. Be all and end all. The two that he didn't win. He was in okay position, but he wasn't in unbelievable position. The guys that won were delivered. Yep. How, how his team develops and adapts to that kind of... Because he is one of the fastest men in the world, which he showed at um, the tour last year. But whether that can be translated into his delivery, I think that'll be the, the real telling point this year for Caleb Ewan, especially heading into his Grand Tour uh, ambitions... Is he doing the Giro, did he say? Doing the double? The Giro no, Tour double? I can't remember. I was about to say that, but then I'll question my knowledge. <laughs> he did that. <laughs> did he do it this year? He did that this year, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah last year. Yeah. He did the, last year, yeah. Yeah, bagged stage of the Giro. Yeah. And was going to go to the Volta as well. Yeah. And then pulled out. Yeah, and then pulled the pin. Um, Yates, did you watch this? Yates cleaned up I the I saw the results, top. but I didn't. I, I was thinking... Attack. Were the guys behind him going full gas or were they kind yeah. of watching? He was just genuinely no, he was better genuinely than everyone else. better than Pogatar, which was a big story. Um, Pogatar got the better of him on the second one, uh, second identical stage. Flat, out in the desert, climb to finish, no spectators. And <laughs> um, yeah, Pogatar got the better of him. But yeah, took, took the overall and... His brother wasn't travelling too well at... Um Harold Suntour, Simon, he was creeping. He was, you could yeah. say he was creeping at Suntour. He did look bad. He, I don't know whether he didn't want to be there, but I mean, yeah. for Mitchell, that's he a big couldn't even he couldn't even help uh, Imps, could he? At um, Impy wasn't there. At oh, Suntour. that was. Um, Houston was doing well at Suntour. Yeah, Damo was going good. Where did Imps ride the uh, down under? Down, down under, under, yeah, yeah, yeah no, he's, he yeah. struggled. Um, my boy struggled as well, unfortunately, in the Australian summer. Georgie mm. Bennett. Wait, how are you feeling about that? Yeah. I think he's going to get pushed out of the side. So <laughs> Jeez, it's, it's a bit of a long jam. I don't think there's a spot for him in Jumbo anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not easy. Um, and even if you flash to the next set of races, the Spanish tours, uh, Chris Harper was holding his own yeah, he too. Was. So that's another another climbing prodigy in the, the log jam that Lotto have. Did, um, did UAE do anything in UAE? Yeah, so that Pogata. Yeah. Um, that Gaviria sprinting, but didn't quite didn't snag the do win. Much. Um, but they got a stage. But they got their Pogata. they got their stage win with Pogata. Yep. And yeah, it's good. Um, they're good investment in him, I think. So they'll they'll take the rest of the year off now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one there, one stage in their home race. <laughs> had <to> the feet up. <laughs> Ten spectators watching, got them, saw them snag the victory at the end. But yep. 
On to the Euros. Of course, we're back. We've got these two fantastic races and the UCI scheduled them on the same week. So they're running dual races at the same time. One in Spain, one in Portugal. And Fulsang was back after some unfortunate uh, press early on in the season before he kicked things off. I don't know if, don't know if he caught that, but... What was the was, crux of that? He was accused by a Danish uh, newspaper for working with Michael Ferrari, the it's, yeah, it's former... Recently or like yeah, yeah. 15, no, 10 no, years like, ago? Like now. Okay. It's not someone you want to be linked with. Not at all. No. No. Which... It seems to, seems to have blown over. Nothing came about of it. Yeah. But, um, I saw the headlines and then I was like, oh, if I see another thing in a couple of weeks, then I'll read it. And it's just kind of just disappeared. It's funny. Anything in the cycling world seems to blow over within a couple of days pretty yeah. quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. Well, they got 72 other races to talk about. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It just seems, it seems a wild accusation. Like, if you're going to be making that accusation, you'd want to be pretty solid on it. So the two friends of thought when I saw that article. One, you, as the reporter, you'd want to be 190% sure that this is right. Um, and two, what on earth, if it is true, then what on earth would Fulsang be doing? Like any doctor in the world, <laughs> yeah. find like the next 500 dodgiest blokes in the world, but not that one. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird that they went over after their own as well. Yeah. Like a Danish newspaper going after yeah. a Danish star. I, I don't know. Doesn't I thought the whole sense. thing was weird. But he bounced back at this tour and he was good. He was really good. That's um, good. Like full saying leading up to the tour last year where we we'll, are we'll both pretty on him pretty heavily. Yeah, time. Didn't quite deliver, but um, he was good. And I guess the other one is the Australian, Jack Hay. He was... Uh, he just continues to... like. It's, it's nothing... It doesn't make this gigantic leap like a Pogatar leap or something like that but he's just, he's he's just keeps ticking just yeah. keeps ticking boxes steady Eddie he won a bunch kick or not a bunch kick a three up kick did you see that? I did he, he, he is quickish he's always been able to do good numbers in a sprint yeah um, but yeah like we were talking about with Caleb Jack Haig gets his chance and hopefully we see Lucas get his chance at some point as well. But That's becoming a bit of a logjam as well now. A little bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hagee, what is he now? He's 26. So he's starting to come into, into his prime. So it's good to see him get these opportunities. But at the same time, I'd like to see him get a, a big opportunity at a, at a grand tour. But it's all Yates, Yates, Yates. At the moment, yeah, in it's, 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 it's interesting the management of that team. Caleb, Caleb's point in that podcast we did with him was, yeah. you've got your Australian heritage, like focus on Jack Hagen, and Lucas Hamilton, the two yeah. big talents they've got. Um, Do they? No, nah, they focus on the Yates boys. Yeah. yeah, I think you'd be lying if you said they focus on them. Yeah. I think they're nice to have in like these Portuguese races and Lucas winning a couple of random Italian races, yeah. but. When it comes to the crunch, the Yates are the focus, which is the, I guess they'd be paying them an absolute packet. They're they're really good. They're slightly but, marketable. But I don't know. You reckon they are? Slightly. <laughs> Just. Chavez is their pitch. Their, yeah. Their, their, their pitch yeah. yeah. He's got to do something soon. But we were saying nice. that maybe oh, they're young, and then Caleb just whacked us and said, "Well, there's Podjakar who's 20." And Bernal was 21 winning the Tour de France. And we thought, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> age isn't really no. an excuse anymore. They're arriving in their mid-20s. So I find it's, it's yeah, the more you put a young cyclist out there and just tell them to try and keep up or no major role, they just get to ride freely the quicker they grow up. And that's I think that's what's happened with these two boys. So if you just throw Lucas to the wolves and see if he'd survive, yeah. that could be the way we find a, we find a rider. What's it like at the footy club yeah. with younger blokes, sort of second, third year? Like Clayton Oliver was incredible in his yeah. second year. Was that just literally thrown into the deep end and sink or swim? Yeah. Well, there's support from older players, but in the in the end, you you are what you get out of your career. Like what you put in is what you get out. And if you want to, con- different because we're slightly more team orientated than cycling in yeah. a way although that's quite subjective that comment but I think it, we're slightly more team orientated so I can't say Clayton we need you to break out and be the best player you can be for you 
but for a team point of view, like throwing him into the deep end is probably the best way for him to survive. Putting him next to Paddy Dangerfield in a stoppage in his second year, he's going to learn some stuff. <laughs> he's, going to, he's going to learn some stuff there. It might hurt us, but in the long run. Um, and with Clayton, the long run was pretty much the next week. He learned how to beat Paddy Dangerfield. So that's what we'll do with track this year. Track's coming into, uh, Christian Patrack has come in the midfield this year. So we'll throw him into the deep end early and see if he can survive. Put him on a good runner. Apparently he's had, an, he un- the tank well, up apparently he's had an unbelievable preseason. Unbelievable. Um, that's what people say, that word. In February, you just everyone has had an unbelievable see that in the Herald Sun on Monday. Yeah. Unbelievable. We're borderline flying. That's my, <laughs> that's my most favourite comment that's ever. That's good. That is really good. <laughs> so, I mean, he'll, round one, who we got, West Coast, Luke Shuey, great runner. Put track on Luke Shuey. See if he can do it. Yeah. I what, like that. What about for you, what, for your perspective and your career, can you think back to anything that was like, oh, Geez, I was super uncomfortable doing that, but wow, it kick-started my career or I got things moving. The Ruckman was quite different. There's always this weird connotation to a young Ruckman that he will take time, which I absolutely hate. Um, which is cycling. Yeah. Cycling yeah. is you take time yeah. until, until the last couple of years with Bernal and I took, Al, yeah. <laughs> who've just conquered that. Fair. But yeah. I took time because I had two knee recos. And I was also behind an all-Australian Ruckman in Mark Jamer. Well, the Ruckman don't necessarily take time. Brodie Grundy played in his first year. Brodie Grundy's probably another level above, but Sean Darcy was playing in his first year. Um, Scott Lysette, I'm pretty sure, played in his first year. So there's these guys that are playing their first year, and I think it develops them so much more quicker than the old Ruckman take time, yeah. put them in the VFL for four years. So it's probably a, a great... Um, cinnamon between young cyclists as a young ruckman like we don't actually take time um, I did because my body was cooked but you know that is one of the things I hate I, I had a game in 2015 which was the I think the fourth game out of my first six years where they gave me number one ruck roll to myself and that was the game I sort of took it apart but in my first 25 30 games I was playing with JMR. Yep. I was the young ruck. They couldn't survive with both. If Jamar was injured, they'd pick me and Jake Spencer because they think that we needed two of us to play the role. So it's just it's a mindset thing. It's been told that, that we're going to back in. We're going to back in. That's very similar to cycling as a young leader. It's like, oh, you're going as a co-leader. You'll yeah. be doing a little bit of work. Like, you know, you'll be behind, for example, in Field Down Under. Yeah, Lucas, you'll be behind. Yates, Yates and Impey, you're still kind of a leader, yeah. but like you're saying, you don't really learn what it's like to be tell, the number one until you are. Yeah, tell Lucas to ride up the hill and don't worry about turning around. <laughs> like that's rip the airpiece yeah, out. Yeah, rip the airpiece out and just go. That's I feel like that's the best. But we're a team sport as well, so you got to find that balance. Yeah. Mm. Just back on that race, did Chris Harper end up holding up a top 10 finish? Yeah, I think he might have dropped out of the top 10. He had a crash on one stage, which really hindered him. But he had a solid... uh, He had a solid TT, which was another point. Harper, 14th in the end, 5 minutes 45 down. Yeah, but he did crash. The other thing, Hagee... Put time in a lander on the TT as well, so put him up into second posse. So he's starting to become this. This is a big package. It's another on that TT. Did one A Edmondson run second or third? Yeah, he was run, he was in the hot seat, um, and he ended up running third. Did so you say Hagee put time into lander? Yeah, that's nothing to tell home about, is it? It, it, is, it is when it's hang on, when it's enough to put you in front on the GC when Correct. you are behind. Um, you could put time into Lander. No, no. Thanks. Thanks. That's your prime. Uh, I would hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing as though that was my specialty. Yes, yes. (laughs) And it's Lander's extreme weakness. Yeah. Yeah. Just to touch on that, that TT result. So Dylan Toons won. Um, That's random as, isn't it? Beating full saying. He does random things, Dylan Toons. He does. Alexander Edmondson, uh, two seconds off the pace. It's a nice little star for A. Edmund. All oh, that training year. in um, the middle of England yeah. is paying off. Um, Haig, seventh, 24 seconds off. Carper, eighth, 31 seconds off. That's good. And Lander was a minute down. He was in his form. It's, it's, it's an interesting stat for Barry McLaren this year with 
their GC man finishing that far off the pace. Well, we know what it was, Alex. It was the time trial bikes. Yeah, Rowan said it. Yeah, I don't think they're using. And Mikel, Mikel hasn't listened. <laughs> I don't help. even think they're using Maridas anymore, but didn't help Rowan. The new bike did it. No, no. Um, well, that that's one of the the next point. Yeah, um, and got rolled up by Durbo at nationals <laughs> as well. Yeah, the the Pinarello is not hasn't quite got the touch, but yeah, but I, I don't mind. I also don't mind Rowan's um, presser after. It's like um, it was a short short time trial, and I'm going to crush Tokyo. Yeah. So you can, you can, he's got his, got this clear ambition. So, is that a pa- did you paraphrase that, or did he say, "I'm a crush Tokyo"? Okay, I paraphrase that. I wish he <laughs> yeah. said that. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? My goal was Tokyo. So, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm he, working towards Tokyo. He, he said it in a confident tone that I am going to win Tokyo. Okay. Yeah. Um, but on the other tour that was running at the same time, uh, Remco, Evan Pohl, who we've talked about, it, we talked about a bit last time. Last, last year on the podcast, you know, we were giving him the like, yeah, he's young, he's great in the juniors, but I don't know if that translates into the, to the senior ranks, but uh, he's fair crushed it. Well, he won in Argentina as well, won the GC there, and then he won Algarve, he won a bit of an uphill finish and then won the time trial like we just spoke about. And have you seen... I honestly, I honestly didn't you, think we're going to see this. Have you seen the uphill finish? Yes. He legit, like... Sprints out of the bunch at the end of a categorised climb. Lopez is out the hoop. Gerrard's out the hoop. Kwiatkowski's out the hoop. Like, I was about to say who did he beat, but that's who he beat. Yeah, yeah he um, and Sharkman was Sharkman second. was second. Lopez third. And Rui Costa was channeling a little bit of 2013 to run fourth on the general. Don't tell me Bora has a climber and Sharkman did that. Sharkman and Bookman as well was he? Sharkman there? Bookman. <laughs> uh, I don't think Bookman was there, but yeah. Um, Big, big ride from Remco. I just want to see what kind of rider he's going to turn into, whether he is going to be like a classics rider or is he going to be this uh, GC kind of rider? Because I think on his pro cycling stats, he's only 60-odd kilo, which probably leans more to that GC TTR. But I guess when you're 20 and just winning whatever you want, you can kind of is just it, choose which path you want to go down. I always wonder that question. Is, it, is there, there, There's more money in classics, is there? Unless, unless you win the well, unless you win no, the LOG. The biggest money in the world is winning the Tour de France. Yeah. So but that's the hardest thing to do that's in the world. That's the hardest, yeah. yeah. So yeah. It translates to the hardest yeah. thing to do. I guess... Is a classics classic. rider in Europe seen as prestige as a Chris Froome? Oh, I don't know. I think I mean, in Europe, maybe yes. Belgium. In Belgium, yeah, yeah. Belgium <laughs> love. In, in the heartland, yes. From a global perspective, no way. Yeah. Um, like if you did a comparison of who knew... Who won the Tour de France last year versus who won Flanders yeah. in Melbourne? Yeah. It would be poles apart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the in the homeland, I think it would be seen as on par. Oh, Philip Gilbert would have got the keys to the city, probably, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's doing the Giro this year, Remco. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know when the last time Belgium had a genuine GC threat. Can he ride three weeks? Wow. You could do everything else. Exactly. We've said, oh, he's young, he's young, he's young, but he, he probably will come out and do a podium. <laughs> Which just doesn't make any sense at all. The, I guess, the big races, the biggest block of one-day racing started last night with Um Loop, Het, Newsblad. Did you, did you, can you, and how did you watch it is my first um, three questions. Well, I didn't watch it. For a start, I just watched the five or six minute highlights package on YouTube yeah. this morning. Same. Because um, Eurosport is now taking off Foxtel. So I think you got to get a Fetch TV or something. I'm not I've sure. I've been meaning to ask this question. How, how am I going to watch ha- one? Oh, that's the thing. You'll probably watch more cycling than Albie and I. How yeah. are you going to do is it? it? Well, you explain that, Fetch. Well, I was talking to my dad yeah. the other night and he said, yeah, he's going to flick Foxtel and get Fetch, I think. Whatever fetch TV is. He's going to Euros- flick all the Foxtel just for the well, Eurosport. I think, he, I think he was just watching it for Eurosport. He I'm loved sure. uh, curling and skiing as well, did he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what else? Biathlon. Biathlon's very popular in Eurosport. Volleyball. Always seems to be women's indoor volleyball yeah. as well. Yeah. The best kind. Uh, yeah. So, how did you, what did you just do? The I YouTube package? It. Oh, so, I watched it on the Eurosport do a 10 minute highlights package on YouTube. Yeah. Which I watched. But, um, 
unfortunately, my housemate's Eurosport login or Foxtel login does not contain it anymore. So it's like you just can't do it unless Cycling Central buy the rights in Oz. Um, we now have to sign up to the 14th subscription service we all have and get fetch. The only like I, I when the EPL took it away from Foxtel to Optus, the whole country went into. How, how this is this is shocking! How are we going to get EPL on Fox uh, in Australia? Mm. I just don't think there's enough cycling fans. As my, <laughs> if if the EPL fans in Australia couldn't get them to get it back on Foxtel, yeah, I don't think cycling fans think so. are going to be able to get enough. Just, I think there's an easy. Well, there's not actually because every cycling event is run by different organisations. But if the UCI just made the one platform, every race is streamed on it. It's $200 a year and you can watch any race whenever you like on demand highlights that's just the simple a, just answer just do a blanket carbon copy yep. of the biggest NBA league in the world yeah NBA just live pass Phil Liggett commentates every single part of it <laughs> perfect <laughs> but yeah Phil can put you to sleep every night <laughs> just like you can just talk yeah so I, I um, couldn't watch it unfortunately and on the highlights package they didn't have the first part where the splits are where they used to have that camera that spanned down the yeah. the road and there was just carnage, there was wind, there was crosswinds and so it looked like an unbelievable race but you didn't get to see much. Yeah. And you well, can't see much of it. Mm. Yeah. It's disappointing. <laughs> Do we it know, I, I know our question's not been answered about this race but I'm going into are the one day, the big one day classics on SBS? Uh, so Roubaix and Flanders. And Flanders yes. So two, we've got two. May and then like the um, beige, Liège and none of the Italian races. They're all no, no Strada. Um, then so we get we get Paris Nice, so yeah, we get so bits and pieces. But if you really want to follow it, you got to got to pirate online. Who won last night anyway, Alex? And uh, Stuyven won last night. Yeah, so we saw two go to the line. Um, with. Of course, one member was a Dakerny quick step in the in the move. So the, the the breakaway, this is kind of the the breakaway in a sense. It wasn't. It didn't have the the big 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 dogs in it. Um, but it had Jasper Stuyven, Lamparts, and another. Trentin was fourth. I saw. Trentin was fourth. How do you let them go on a break? Well, I don't. I don't know whether it was an out and out. Mm. Breakaway because if all the big names are there, I think they finished two minutes down the next yeah. group. So whether it was a split, but with the four or five minute highlights package, you can't yeah. really see yeah. what happened. Um, I, mean, I guess you could read an article. Well, they just show the last three k that five minute highlight package, wouldn't they? Nah, well, they just you get bits, bits and, and pieces. pieces. Like mm. Jad Stoven and Lampard were the strongest over that final climb. Um, yeah, we saw that's where uh, Trenton and De Klerk and Mike Tunison got all got hooped from that from that little group. I guess Tunison didn't play perfectly into the arms of uh, Wood Van Art, which was making his his comeback to the race. So. Saw him and Hino were going off the front at about Early 60, doors, 70 k yeah. to go. Really? Yeah, and then they pulled the pin. It was probably a bit too far, but a bit too far. We <laughs> 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 was a good call, actually. Well, they lost so. Um, uh, but yes, yeah, still have one in a a pretty craft little bunch kick. You know, get a little bit of. He's Barry. quick though. He is quick. A little bit of barrier work though. A little bit of closing the closing the gap on Lampards and a nice a nice little stuff that Trek Segafredo, who traditionally have a pretty quiet besides Richie winning up Walunga, <laughs> have a pretty quiet year yeah, for the most part. Yeah, really. Um, Look at Vincenzo now. I'm Look sure Vincenzo. Bob Mollimer will do something for him <laughs> this year. <laughs> He'll do something. He'll finish tenth somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so Kern Brussels Kern tonight, and I think that's that's about it. Who's on the start sheet for Kern? It's kind of more of like a sprinters classic, I believe. It's a good question. Actually. Traditionally, yeah, a, gr- a group game one of the couple of times. Um, if you just go to pro cycling stats, which I don't know how anyone followed anything in cycling before this before this came out. <laughs> Greg for CCC. Is he the only one going? Dejan Cole for Lotto <laughs> Trenton Sudar. Murphy, yeah. <laughs> Trenton's there with him. Um, Christoph, I believe, has won there before. Oliver Nason. Nason. Christoph's favourite, I think. I think I saw that somewhere. Nizolo. 
Giacomo. Giacomo's well, there. Well, he's won a he race. Did, he did something in Australia, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, won, uh, he won a stage in Down Under. That's right. And I think well, he no. was around the mark. Did he win not Race Torquay or uh, was around the market Race Torquay, I think? Not Giacomo? Just, not just, yeah, not just for Giacomo, but also for NTT actually winning a bike race. <laughs> he, um, he's a definition of needing perfect Giacomo Nozzolo conditions. If something <laughs> what goes would you describe wrong, Giacomo Nozzolo conditions as? It has to be a perfect day with no one bumping him at all. He's had the best lead out and he somehow wins the sprint. That's Giacomo Nozzolo. He's a good sprinter, but he just if something goes wrong, he just doesn't seem to be anywhere near the finish. <laughs> But yeah, Cairn Brussels Cairn tonight. Don't know how you watch it. We'll try and find it. Try and find something tomorrow. And um, thanks, Max. Thanks, Campbell. Thanks, Alex. Any final comments? I'm excited for this for for the classics. Yeah, it is a good time of the year. The classics. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we can watch them. Any any Australian hopes potentially? Luke Durbridge always is. Around the mark, yeah. I think Ed last Mate. year he snapped his collarbone beforehand, so he was out of it. Uh, Alex Edmondson, yeah, kind of one of our classics hopefuls. Hino, always, <laughs> always there, active there about at some yeah. point in the classics. Um, and I'd love to see Rob Power attack, do something in those Ardennes classics. I think yeah. Flesh Wallone and Amstel Golder have got his name written all over him, and he's also ran a top ten at Strata. In the past as well where's So the um, filthier weather The better Where's Michael Matthews at At the moment He always keeps Pretty low He yeah. lays real low Over the Australian summer So it's always A little bit of an unknown But He's on yeah, the PSC right. Start list for Strider Is he? I saw. Okay. Um, But yeah He's got Tish Benut At Sunweb now Which might steal A little bit of his Thunder and leadership For yep. some of those races So Yeah we'll have uh, It doesn't have to be All in for Tom Dumoulin This time Yeah That was, that was bizarre Yeah it was Yeah It'll be interesting to see where that team goes this year with the Jumbo. Star, uh, no, Sunweb. Team Sun- Sunweb with their big star gone. All the focus was there. Where, where does that, where does that sit now? I think Michael Matthews and Tish Panuda class enough riders to to yeah. chalk up some wins. Mm. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Matt for being the presenting partner of the podcast. Thanks for coming on, Max. Thank you. All the best in this season. Hope to see you soon back on the podcast. Um, Thanks, Campbell. Thanks, Alex.